Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Game Time Decisions. All right, let's roll. Game Time Decisions. Red Heat and Rage Radio. I am Gabriel Barretti alongside the Raging Redhead, Cam Stewart. Wednesdays are always jam-packed. Mark Lawrence will join us. Um, normally, we torture uh, Mark Lawrence and make him hang out with us for like 40 minutes. <laughs> Independence Day, he gets one segment. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to tell him, Mark, it's your Independence Day. You don't have to hang around with a couple of jerks like us. Mark, can you tell us more about East Carolina? No, Gabe. Not I gotta, today. I'm going to be honest. I didn't even know Liberty uh, had a football team <laughs> until last year when they beat Baylor. That's right. Which actually, to me, was the biggest upset of the year last year. Oh, for sure. Baylor's still a regular program, even yeah, though that, they lost guys. And you you remember, can't lose to Liberty. You remember in the last couple of years, there's actually been quite a few of these crazy upsets, big upsets. Yeah. But technically, and this is what's crazy, and I was in Vegas uh, for the game. Uh, last year, but I didn't go to the game when I was in the same hotel as all the uh, the Howard fans. Howard! And, <laughs> and if you recall, Howard were 45 and a half uh, point underdogs against UNLV. Yep. And um, there was like a thousand of them, man, in like the casino at the Westgate. They were all staying at the Westgate. And uh, T-Bone looked over to me, goes, because they're all happy and they were drinking or gambling and you know what I mean? And um, T-Bone looks over. He goes, they ain't going to be so happy after the game. Because <laughs> they're like 45-point underdogs. <laughs> they beat UNLV outright. Outright. <laughs> they beat UNLV. <laughs> UNLV scheduled them thinking, all right, we yeah. got it. We, let's just start the cream puff with Howard. Remember in the old days, UNLV would open up with Wisconsin and get yeah. killed, right? right? So now they're like, UNLV learned their lesson. They're like, no, 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 no. We're gonna, well, let's just open up with Howard. You know, We'll get off to a 1-0 and start. And you know, we got to try to get into a bowl game. They lost to Howard. They were 45-and-a-half-point favorites. You said it, Marantz. Remember last year, they too? They were the biggest. So, Cam, that's yep. the biggest point spread. That's the biggest upset in football history. But is it really? UNLV shouldn't be 45-point favorites against anybody. You know? And, and Cam Newton's brother was on that's the team. That's right. That's right. Which no one knew. People only really realized. Like, they were like, man, the quarterback's name's Newton. Newton. Is it Cam Newton's And brother? everyone's like, oh, <laughs> shit, that's Cam Newton's little brother. And He's had, pretty good. Yeah, but he had, like, the best game of the year. Like, he didn't play as well as he did. It just, everything, Cam Newton's brother ran for, like, 200 yards. Like, he was just, you know, they couldn't sack him. He'd run around UNLV. And UNLV actually won a game, like, two weeks later that they weren't supposed to win. So they kind of got it back. But where I'm going with this is, that really wasn't the biggest upset. Like Appalachian State, App State beating Michigan, Michigan. was that's that's very big at the time. That was massive. Yep. But Liberty beating Baylor, like Liberty, 
Like they, you know, they have a basketball yeah. team. But. Do, do they? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do they, Gabe? <laughs> they I, I heard. Yeah. Remember, and remember too, there was the a Liberty yeah. beating Baylor. It's like, yeah. holy oh, that's crap, nuts. man. There was like, an MMA. They were 32 and a half points. There was an MMA weekend too, where New Mexico was 28 and a half point dogs. He did the, what was it? The Holly home, New Mexico thing where people were getting rich too, yeah. where she beat Rousey. It was yeah. like, it was just last year. That, it was that just, was, that was frustrating. That was, that I didn't do that. Remember that? I know yeah. we actually talked about it. it was, too. We were like, it what was, about New Mexico with Holly? And people it was, did it. It was the Albuquerque special. Yeah. The Albuquerque two-step. Yeah, New Mexico won is like 28-point underdogs, and Holly Holm won. <laughs> it's like plus 800. Unbelievable. And people that actually parlayed, but nobody did it. Very few. Yeah. yeah handfuls yeah. of people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, we talk about it, but I mean, actually really going to do it? Yeah, there's like one local dude. Well, we yeah. talked about yeah. it after. We didn't talk about it before. I didn't think Holly Holm was going to win before the fight. I didn't think New Mexico Lobos were going to win that <laughs> football game. <laughs> God, I wish we had a crystal ball. There, 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 there was like uh, six major upsets that weekend. It was upset weekend. There was a million upsets on the college day, and then uh, Ronda Rousey got kicked in the head. Yep, as like a twenty to one favorite. <laughs> later, uh, later, yeah, yeah. Don't we wish? You know, I don't know, dude. I always get the feeling that even if we had Biff Sporting Almanac, we'd mess it up somehow. <laughs> Say, nah, That's this can't be right. Nah, <laughs> yeah, I don't believe we'd it. We'd have the superfect and horse racing. Why don't we, why don't we throw this one in? Yeah, just to get greedy. Yeah, you know, you, yeah, knowing us, we it's would like screw the best, it up. The best gambling uh, scene <laughs> is from, um, from Futurama when they meet the Simpsons. It's gold, man. It really is a good episode. So Futurama, uh, basically they're in space, and uh, they find out they need to go back in time. And uh, they need to kill somebody before, like, you know, because he's going to destroy the civilization. And it's Homer. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So Bender. <laughs> oh, ben, Bender the robot. Yes. Bender the robot's supposed to kill Homer, <laughs> but he can't because they drink beer together. Like they like each other. <laughs> right. So that's so good. Yeah, yeah. They they get along. <laughs> I can't kill you, Homer. Yeah, yeah. They they get along. So, anyways, long story short, long story short, um, Bender gets stuck in Springfield, stuck in time, alone. Like, uh, the Simpsons got zapped into the future with Futurama, and Bender was alone in Springfield. So it's a great scene. So Bender's like, it happens, and then Bender's like, he goes, oh, my God. He goes, I'm stuck back in time. And he goes, and I'm all alone with the results of every horse race ever. <laughs> and he's holding a newspaper, right? Like, he's depressed until he, <laughs> and then right away, he's like, where's the track? Where's the track? So he's got the newspaper. It's gold. Like, he's got the newspaper in his hand. He's like, with the results of every horse race, where's the track? That's amazing. So he gets to the track, and he looks at the paper, and he's like, man, it's unbelievable. He goes, uh, says here, there's a a horse named after me, Bender. (laughs) And so he reads it. He goes, goes, yeah, but he goes, man, says that uh, the horse Bender died during the race. And then Bender, he's holding the newspaper, like, back in time. He's like, says the horse, Bender, died during the race. He's like, that can't be true. And he bets, <laughs> he bets <laughs> it all on Bender. Bender. And he dies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and during, you know how he dies, though? It's a great little sequence. So he's like, that can't be true. He's like, put it all on Bender. So he bets on Bender. And during the race, the horse Bender's in last place. And Bender, the robot, kills him. Oh, Bender like lasers him with the eyes. He's like stupid horse, 
and he lasers them. Uh, it's a great. Uh, I wish I saw that episode. Uh, it sounds like a classic. No, no, it really is good. It, it really is good. Like the Homer and Bender. And you also realize, too, that um, Homer and Bender are the same. It's the same drawing. Yeah, it, yeah. If you really look at the the circumference of the head and everything, I noticed that there's a lot. A great, with the there's a great yes. scene. They're sitting on the couch drinking yeah. beer, and Bart walks in, says to Lisa, "He goes, have you ever noticed that uh, Bender just sort of looks like Homer, yeah. but like as a robot?" She's like, "Yeah, it's incredible." She's like, "It's like they were created by the same person." It's like a little joke, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Why not? Yeah, yeah. Wink, wink, so basically, yeah, like. <laughs> Bender's face and eyes is basically it's Homer. It's, it's Homer. Yeah, they just sure. stuck him on a robot. That's like, what he did with I mean. Mr. Sparkle with the with the with the detergent. It was it became Homer. Yeah, but they're all they're all like Krusty the Clown's yeah. really Homer. Well, of course he is. They they yeah. were twins. Remember with the bookie debt? Yeah, yeah. Tried like to if kill you Homer. look, uh, there's a sequence too where Abe Simpson's really just Homer with wrinkles. Yeah, <laughs> you save a lot of money if you keep the same uh, drawings. If you see, keep the same stuff, smart. <laughs> That can't be true. <laughs> so yeah, if we had Biff's sporting almanac, yeah. so you know, so Back to the Future, so you know Biff, and uh, you know Biff becomes president and stuff, and uh, that's Donald Trump. Like Biff from Back to the Future was created after Donald Trump. In other words, Biff from Back to the Future is president. Like, Donald Trump was in the casinos yeah. and known back then. They patterned the character of like, uh, Biff after him. After Donald Trump. And also on The Simpsons, they predicted, remember President Trump in one of the episodes yeah. way before? It's, un- it's uncanny. Yeah. They have this thing, Simpsons predictions, and they nail a lot oh, of yeah, stuff. Oh, yeah, they're the latest. Like they nail The latest stuff. one is Disney just bought Fox out. So Disney now owns Fox Corp. They don't own Fox News, but they own Fox. Fox Corporation. Yeah, Fox News was held separately. Yeah. But, like, the Fox movie studios, the Simpsons, Fox TV. Bob's yes. Burgers, everything. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like, Disney has the rights yeah. to Homer now and Bart to sell. Wow. And um, basically in, like, 1988 or something like that on an episode of The Simpsons, um, they go to the Fox lot in The Simpsons episode, and it says underneath, Fox, a subsidiary of the Disney Corporation. Boom. Wow. There, there they another, are again. Another one. Oh, yeah. These guys just can't. I wish we could hit futures like these guys. I know. It's funny you <laughs> like, say that, Kev. I actually said, because this was just this was a couple of days ago, the Fox deal went through. So I tweeted out. I said exactly that. I said, man, these Simpson writers should open up like a sports capping service. <laughs> exactly. Look, they seem to be predicting who's going to win the Stanley Cup this year. You guys seem to know everything. But they, they, they did a story in the New York Times about it actually recently. Why why are the Simpsons, like, how is it that they're nailing so many things in the future all the time? And they basically stated that, you know, there's like 30 writers, 50 writers for yep. these shows, Cam. And they basically stated when you got 30 to 50 smart asses in a room, they're, gonna, they're smart guys, right? Yeah. They're you know what I mean? so they're throwing they're throwing smart shit against the wall. Yeah, like there's a lot. Of, yeah, a lot yeah. of things don't happen yeah. that they say too, yeah, right? Go, but of course. They, but they've been pretty significant predictions though, like things that are like pretty important, Gabe, like President Trump and this and that. Like these aren't small little things. Until they create create an episode, you're right where they say the Cleveland Browns win the Super Bowl or something like that. That will be really that, impressive. That was a great one too. <laughs> Atlanta Falcons. The Denver Broncos are my Broncos. favorite team. <laughs> <laughs> the Denver, the Denver Broncos. When he had the pigeon, Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, the Atlanta, 
Then he gets it. That's funny because my favorite team's always been the Atlanta the Falcons. Falcons. <laughs> I love cartoons. All right, so here's, yes, I watch is, cartoons when I'm not. All right, so out. get this. So here, here, look at this. So here's uh, here's just a couple of times the Simpsons uh, the Simpsons predicted the future. Oh yeah, that's Sig- right. Sig- uh, Siegfried and Roy's uh, tiger attack. So in the in the, in the Simpsons. The Siegfried and Roy team, yep. they really did get attacked for by, sure. by, their, uh, by their Tigers. Mutated. Uh, tobacco. <laughs> tobacco. Rigged voting machines. machines. Yeah. Rigged voting machines. A lemon tree is stolen. <laughs> Smart watches. Smart watches. Wow. That was way ahead of what, what? we came up In with. In 95? Phones with video. Yep. Horse meat used as a secret ingredient. <laughs> Hamburger earmuffs. The Beatles respond to families. Yard work simulation games. Baby, no, they don't have any baby translators. That the Rolling Stones would still be touring. Oh, yeah. Look at the steel wheelchair tour. 2010. They're still going. Yeah. yeah. Still, yeah still, you go on. First generation uh, iPod. Stealing cookie creams. <laughs> Oh, that Guitar Hero, long before the game. Yeah. They had a jacket, Guitar Hero. Wow. The Three-Eyed Fish, Grease. Grease's Grease tanked tank economy? Wow. 2013 episode, Politically Inept, with Homer Simpson. There's a small scene where Homer's on a new show, and the scene at Ticker reads, Europe puts Grease on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> the most famous yeah. prediction for the show that was Donald Trump would become president. This happened in an episode, Bart to the Future, which aired in 2000. However, the story takes place in 2030. In the episode, Lisa becomes president, but she doesn't uh, have the line, as you know. We've inherited a budget crunch from President Trump. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty, uh, It's it's, it's, it's still wild. I don't care how many writers are there. Still impressive to me. No, no, they're they're, (laughs) they're damn good. The show that predicted the future the most, though, is actually Star Trek. Really? Yeah. Dude, like the flip phone. Yeah. That's like there. This is so Simpsons. Some a lot of the stuff was just sort of around. You know what I mean? Like st- the steel uh, wheelchairs. Yeah, they had the steel wheel tours. So they, you know, what I mean, they sort of had things to pluck they, from it, right? You, wouldn't you predict though a, a science science fiction show would probably have the ratio of getting more things correct than a cartoon? I guess, but people thought Star Trek was stupid at the time. I never thought it was stupid. I know, but we weren't watching in 1967. <laughs> that's, that's a good point. <laughs> Like Star Trek, the aliens are still. Hot Star Trek too. wasn't on TV very long. That's right. There's only how many episodes? There's like 50 episodes or something. There's not. Yeah, you're, you're right. When you see the old ones, you've seen them all. You almost seen them all. It was one of these deals where they made the show and they were like, "This show sucks." Like I think CBS was like, "This is terrible." Like, this, I loved like, it. What the hell is this? Like basically, <laughs> I enjoy it. <laughs> and uh, they put it on and it didn't do too great. And I think just sort of it caught on. It was sort of a cult. It got bigger when it was gone. Sort of like the movie Caddyshack. I, dude, I saw the movie Caddyshack in a theater. Really? Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Monkland Theater. Yeah, I went to the movie alone. I went to see Caddyshack alone in a theater. I saw all those movies in a theater, man. Cannonball Run. Oh, great, great movie. Those are classics. Yeah, but Caddyshack at the time, it was... It was like people were like, this is a stupid movie. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It only caught on a couple of years after. Slapshot, same thing. 
Slapshot wasn't like, oh, this is hilarious and it's great. It caught on after as a as a cult. That cult classic. Yeah, yeah. it's funny. You know, it's, it's it's funny how um, perception and reality are two different things. True. Yeah, I'm old man. I actually saw Jaws in the theater. Yeah, that is old school. I remember too. The I never forget the uh, the guy in the theater told my father, you know, um, this movie's not for kids. Oh, dude, I was six years old. I was seven years old. <laughs> 1977. Yeah, you're watching Sharks. Yeah, that's, that's, and I'll never yeah. forget my father. Yeah, he'll be all right. I never forget my father <laughs> telling him, uh, I'll leave it up to me what the yeah. F my son watches, you stupid kid. Was like a teenager? Yeah. My father was like, you stupid kid. Give me the tickets. Like, yeah. <laughs> I like your dad. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, I'll be the judge. I'm like seven years old watch. watching Jaws destroy people. <laughs> I, actually, I actually saw King Kong in the theater, too. And I remember it was cool. I bought a King Kong doll on the way out. They used to sell souvenirs at movies. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Decisions, Red Heat Parade Radio. I always enjoy talking to uh, to Mark Lawrence, and uh, you know we'll we'll uh, go down memory lane with Mark. I remember asking Mark like, uh, when did you start betting on football? I think yeah. I think it was 1974, 75. If uh, if memory serves yeah. me correctly, do we have Mark Lawrence, uh, the best in the business? Playbook.com. You want to get ready for the football season? You better get your playbook. Uh, preview magazine or you can get it on your mobile device the playbook cube uh, edition mark lawrence joins us how you doing mark mark lawrence oh nope are we gone we gone <laughs> I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I'm we thinking, gone? Are we or gone, gone or is he, he gone? gone? I don't know. We gone or he gone? I don't know. I don't know who gone. <laughs> Who's gone? I don't know. <laughs> we never know. All right. So yeah. uh, evidently, yeah, we're we're good. Yeah. We're sometimes good. I don't know. I'm like I don't know. Like no, you uh, throw it up there. Like, and introducing <laughs> you guys. You're like the ring. You know. Boom. And who, hey, sometimes the curtain uh, opens, I got, sometimes I it got, closes. I got to really make sure uh, the guests are here from now on yeah. before I do. Because that was a really good intro, too. I enjoyed it, too. I was like, I was all that fired was like, up. That, that Introducing. Was, that was professional radio broadcasting. Buy right it on there. the cube. Buy the, you know, great, yeah, great reading know. material. A man who's been betting since 1974. I've been informed, actually, um, that we are good. We are good. We are good, but he dropped something. Oh, he dropped. Yeah. Huh. Poor bastard, too, because uh, we were going to get him out in one break, but in one segment, but now. <laughs> <laughs> we 
We still could, though. With the uh, the independents yeah. aren't very big, Gabe. All right, They're so uh, we'll we'll try to uh, figure out what's going on here with uh, with Mark Lawrence uh, momentary. Do you remember what the first movie you saw in a theater was? First movie I saw in a theater was E.T. Phone home, E.T. Phone home. E.T. was the e. first e. movie you saw. Yeah, E.T. I'm a few years younger than you, right? So when was E.T. out there? I was probably, uh, I think it was about six or seven maybe. What year was E.T.? I don't know. Uh, probably like 80. Yeah. Yeah, and I was born 75. No. I, don't, I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'm, bad, I'm bad with years. Yeah, I, I, I know it was about six. I think I was like six, six nah, years old. E.T. is probably like, yeah, 1979-ish. Uh, then I was four, then I was four, four, five uh, no, years I'll old. I'll have yeah. to look this up. Anyway, that was the first movie I saw in the theater, and I remember. When E.T. went home and I started, like, having tears in my eyes, my buddy punched me. He goes, you wimp. I go, what? I, I feel bad for E.T. You felt what E.T. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're like, oh, E.T. Yeah, it's like, these guys, I used to go in their basement. Their dad's teaching us how to box when we're four or five years old. I got a tear in my eye, and the guy socks me. He's like, you can't cry for E.T. I'm like, why not? It's sad. I wanted E.T. to stick around. He was dying. It's like me. Wait, I was I'm, a kid I'm, a, I'm a human. Like, you know what I mean? That movie made me cry. I can't help it. I'm a kid. It's like me getting upset in the theater when I saw Rocky in the theater, and uh, I was I was like the only guy in the theater pulling for uh, Apollo Creed. Yeah, come on, Creed! You can. Yeah. I was like this this bum Rocky. This yeah. guy's not beating Apollo no, Creed. Creed. He's like the world champion. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I remember telling my mother after that movie's so garbage. He never. I said Apollo Creed would have killed him in real life. That's very true. <laughs> very true. Do you remember your first concert? First concert was with my brother. He took me when I was young. It was, uh, he's older. It was that stupid, uh, like, new wave uh, shit back in the day. It was uh, Simple Minds and uh, the Psychedelic Furs at Kingswood Muse at Canada's Wonderland. They used to have those concerts. So, yeah. So, I remember I was like, he was he was about 14 and I was about, uh, so he was 15 and I would have been about 8. So yeah, I was pretty young to go to that show too. My mom let it go because he 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 took me there. He took me to a few concerts actually. It's funny. I I, I saw not like you. You've you've seen every uh, music band in the business, but for a regular guy, I've seen a lot. I've seen a lot of shows from a young age. I used to go to like twenty thirty concerts. A year. Okay, I'd go all the time. And ba- and venues that you've played at, Gabe too. Like call the office in London, the Embassy, yeah. famous stuff. Saw a lot of saw a, saw a lot of cool bands there. I remember going to see Queen as a kid. Oh, that would have been a wicked show with with my father. And um, when we got to we got to our seats, we got to our seats. Um, you know, during the show, he was smoking joints with like people in the crowd ah, and stuff, yeah. right? <laughs> and I was like a dumb like kid, so yeah. I asked him after. I said, "Oh, were those your friends? You seem to know everybody." <laughs> Yeah, I look back. Wow, Dad, you he's, know what? He got he's a, at a concert and really, like, he's yeah. just, you know. You thought your dad was the king of the well, town. People, exactly. In those days, people were more sharing, yeah, too, right. right? So, like, hey, Dad, I was you know like, everybody. Yeah, I asked him. I said, are these people your friends? He's yeah. like, no, no, I don't know them. He was like, no, no, I just met him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's bring, let's bring uh, Mark Lawrence in. We've got, uh, we've got Mark. Uh, right. Mark, always a pleasure. How you doing? I'm doing terrific, guys. How you doing? We apologize uh, for the uh, the technical difficulty there. I had a great intro for you before. I can't redo it. Like I'll, yeah, you know, I call you the best, the man. Since yeah, I said the best in the business. The you got to get the playbook, get the magazine, Mark yeah. Lawrence. But then it was Boom. silent. 
I was like, I can't go through that shtick again. Like, that's, you know, like that. I, I really sold it. Yeah, you did. But uh, so Mark Lawrence with us. But, Mark, we were talking. I just brought up. We were talking about how the Simpsons actually has predicted the future so much. And we just started sort of talking about old movies and, uh, and TV shows. And I brought up how Star Trek has really predicted the future. And I was saying, I was like, Simpsons writers, you know, in 2000, they predicted that Trump would be president, et cetera. There's so many things they got right. I said they should start a capping service, like the Simpsons writers uh, predict sports, uh, bet bet sport futures. But then it sort of came up when I was talking about how I saw Jaws in the theaters when I was a kid. So I ask you, do you remember what like your first movie was, uh, Mark? You remember like, yeah, when you went to the theater, yeah, first theater movie, you went to the movies. Do you remember what it was? Yeah, I do. It was uh, I was with my parents at a drive-in theater back in the day. And it was Elizabeth Taylor, Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. Oh, that's wow. a, what, what a what a classic! Wow. <laughs> See, that's a that's good, why I, I had to ask you, Mark. You knew it was going to be, I knew it'd be good. a good one. Yeah, I knew I knew it'd be a good one. You know? <laughs> wow. Yeah, she was a fox back then oh, too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Cleopatra. Oh yeah. She did. She did it all. And I said, I said when I I just said, uh, and I asked. I believe I asked you this before I did, but if I remember correctly, I asked you, when did you start betting on football? And was it 1974, did you tell me, 74, 75? Well, I was. Uh, I got married in 67, so, you know, I was probably betting a little bit before then. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I should say professionally, right? Is what oh, you, professional. yeah. oh yeah. professionally, okay. 1975, yeah. 1975. Yeah, 1975, nice. so you started capping, like, you know. The year I was born, Mark was capping. Yeah. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> exactly. That's impressive. That's unbelievable. That puts it in perspective there. Holy jeez. Yeah, we all sort of remember our first bet, don't we? That's that's something. Even I remember my first bet. My first bet came when I was uh, I was probably about, I was like 11 and a half, 12 years old type thing. I was in grade six in school. So I wasn't in high school. Like last year, yeah. you know what Before I mean? Before you get into high school. Before I got into high school. And. I was a big sports fan. I, you know, I used to buy Sports Illustrated, Inside Sports, yeah. and, and all that, and I played sports. And a kid in my class um, said, hey, Gabe, check this out. And it was a list of the NFL games. It was a parlay card, Mark. Oh, and he goes, yeah, he said, my brother, my brother has these parlay cards. And I was like, wow, what do you do? How does it work? <laughs> He's basically, you give me $5, and if you get three of these games right, I'll give you back $50. Sounds, sounds yeah, good. I was like 12 years old, right? I was like, oh, really? All right, I got $5, right? So I was like, I played the parlay card, Mark. Of course, I didn't win. Um, and, and then, you know, I played a couple of times, and I actually won a couple of times, and I'm 12 years old. And I remember one Friday, the kid didn't come into school. Oh, where's my money? And there, no, no, but no, no, it wasn't oh, a party. Oh, wait for the parlay. Yeah, but I was like 12 years old, and already I was like hooked. And I never forget, like that Sunday morning, I was watching a Buffalo Bill game as a 12 year old, and I was like, it's just not as good. No, it's it's not, not the same. No, like I, you know, I, that was my first sort of mark where I realized yeah, I like to bet on sports that. It wasn't the same. I was like, yeah, the Bills are on TV, but yeah. I didn't play the parlay card this week. Like, the NFL didn't seem the same to me, even as a 12-year-old, Mark. <laughs> no, there was no adrenaline is what there was. It was missing. Right. <laughs> exactly right. My, I'll tell you what, my first bet, guys, I can remember, uh, when, I, when I used to go to high school, I was born really, really poor, and I worked after school in a, a mechanic auto shop where my father was a mechanic, and I would clean the tools. I got paid $5 a week to do that. So my first bet, 
on a Saturday was a horse named Silky Sullivan. Ooh, and nice. uh, I decided to roll my whole paycheck, my $5 paycheck, into Silky Sullivan, who was a, like a one-to-five favorite and who lost the race. And I, I was like, I felt like I had a hole in my heart the whole rest of the week. <laughs> no money. <laughs> like, what did I do? And I just said, from that point forward, I'm going to start reading about how I need to be sharper at what I'm doing. That's when I pick up yeah. the gold sheet and started reading the gold sheet in high school. It's the yeah. last yeah. thing. Silky Sullivan sounds good and all. Like, it's the last yes, thing you would do now, Mark, is recommend someone. Lay everything, lay your whole paycheck down on a one-to-five horse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, but when you're younger, yeah. you're right. You're like, you're oh, he's supposed to win. win. Yeah, exactly. Do you remember your first bet? Yeah, I do, actually. Yeah, it was uh, actually, the funny thing is I got hooked. I, I met the guy at the Burger King, too. We used to do the Michael of the Roxbury lines. It was the Atlanta Braves in, in baseball, and they won when they had Glavin there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it was good. The same thing. I laid a lot of juice in one, and then I got hooked, and then I realized that betting on favorites in baseball over time could really hurt you after a while. I remember <laughs> I remember the Roxy line, Roxy yeah. Roxborough, and uh, it's true. Remember in the old days, that was we the— We from the paper. There was no computer mark, right? So— that used to be the deal, man, you know, with the bookies. What it said Sunday morning in the paper, the Roxy line, yeah, that's, that's the point that's spread. The line. No movement. Yeah, the Sunday morning newspaper. Right? Like, what, what did you do in the early days? Did you use, was it newspaper lines? I'm sure, you know, you bet in a lot of different formats with numbers and corner shops, et cetera. But did you ever go through that, like, where it was they, the newspaper line? That's the point spread for the game, guys. Well, that's what it was. The newspaper line, a good friend of mine in high school, and I used to bet harness racing back and forth, and we would open up the paper, look at the harness odds, and we would make picks. We would alternate the races, and, uh, you know, that's kind of where I got a little bit mythical betting, if you will, until I made my plunge on Sulky Sullivan uh, in the <laughs> real world. <laughs> you know, and if you notice, Gabe, like when I'm online, that's the horse rating had the most, like, crazy, like, there's got horses at 30 to 1 morning line. They can go to 90. They go whatever. Like, yeah. like it's not like a four-point line moving from three. Horse racing is the craziest. But if you think of horse movement. racing, it really is the original betting and yeah. the original spreadsheets, right? Sure. The racing form, you know, is yep. that was sort of the first sort of source of information you true. could get uh, for gambling. And it's true, Mark, you talk about the gold sheet. And, you know, I'm younger uh, than you are, but I'm still older than – I'm old enough that I've been betting before the Internet era, like yeah. long before the Internet era. And when I was in, it was the late 80s, and I was living in Los Angeles. And, um, you know, even in Montreal, which Montreal's a good media newsstand type of town as well. But, man, I used to religiously, I couldn't wait, man. On Tuesdays, like, head to the newsstand, the old school newsstands, too, outside yeah. in L.A. Yeah. on the street. I'd get the, uh, I'd get, pick up a gold sheet. It, it, it was a must. And I knew, you know, as a young age, guys, I was pretty much a degenerate. Because when I was like, um, when I was about 22, 23, there still there were still no computers or anything yet in those days, and I used to actually stay up, and I used to hang out in this diner until the the newspapers would show up. Nice, the boy. Because this was like it was sort of a famous diner, bacon and egg place, and the newspapers would bring them to them first, type thing, right? So their customers would have the papers. So the newspapers like the ink. To get on your fingers, it was so fresh because that was the first point spreads I could see, Mark. Yep. Right? Yep. What is Roxy setting the number? Yeah. Give me the NBA lines, man. And I used to stay up all night, man. And then I was hardcore. I used to get the paper delivered. And I even paid extra. Even when I was a kid, like I paid <laughs> extra, basically. There was two forms of delivery. 
if you were a nut job that's they'd throw it at your door at 3 a.m. Yep, type thing. That's like, right. Hot yeah. off the press. That's true. I used to do that in my job. The or, deliveries. Yeah, or you pay like five bucks less yep. and you, you'll get it at 7 a.m. Yeah, or correct. But I, you want it. I want it now. I was the morning kid at 2 a.m. on the bike. <laughs> I used to be standing <laughs> on my doorstep thinking, where the hell's this paper boy? Right? Like at 2 in the morning. Because I wanted the point spreads, Mark. But, hey, that's why we're still doing it now because it's in our blood, right? You got to love it. That's why we do it. We love it. It gets ingrained early, and in fact, uh, when I was dating my wife in high school, we would go out, and we, there was no score phones back then, okay? Yeah, so yeah. The, the only way we could get scores was on the radio. So at quarter till and quarter after the hour out yeah, of Philadelphia, yeah. station KYW, a big booming thing came into Cleveland, Ohio. I would always be on my car radio at quarter till and quarter after the hour listening for the scores from KYW. And a couple of times my wife's or now my wife, she would say to me, what do you want? What do you got to keep going out to your car for? You know, we're on a date. We're at a restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mark, I agree. You and I are the same. I was out on a, I was with an ex-girlfriend once in a movie theater. And I, you know, I kept telling her, I got to go to the bathroom. And I kept going up. Same thing. And uh, I was actually calling a score phone line. Uh-huh. And I went, I went in and out of the movie so many times. She got suspicious, so like she followed me out once, and like, she came out, and I was on the phone. She's like, "I knew it, I knew it. You're cheating. You're on the phone with another girl." And I had to explain to her, "No, nah, listen, I'm actually a degenerate gambler, and like, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not cheating on you, yeah, baby. And, I just need the scores." And like she had a phone bell, and there was like nine seven six numbers. She's like, "You're calling these sex lines," and I'm like, "No, nah, they're not sex lines." So in front of her, we had to call. I was like, look. So I dialed it. It was like, you've reached scoreline. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> and then she's like, I don't know if this is. She goes, I think this might even be worse. Like, I don't really, you know, I don't even know how to, how to handle this. <laughs> Needless but, to say, uh, you used to uh, did not marry then, right? No, 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 we didn't. We didn't. Uh, didn't work out uh, happily ever after. But it's funny you say that, too. That's how I sort of became a news junkie in my life. Because I, you know, I always listen to AM radio and sports talk radio. I used to call like when I was eight years old and stuff. But, but from from updates, uh, Mark, you're exactly right. Like when I lived in uh, in Los Angeles, they, I didn't have a computer or anything, and I was broke. You know, at times I was really broke. And man, all I had was my little Walkman radio, and it was you know I didn't listen so much to the Laker game because I wanted the scores of the other games. So you're exactly right, Mark. I had it locked in, man, on the update news station. Yep. Because basically, every like, they were hardcore, man. And it was like every seven minutes, NBA scores. <laughs> right? They knew their audience. Oh, and then the NBA and like you know Houston Rockets, and you're waiting. Oh, please, Houston, come on, come on. Like remember the old score line? Like they'd say the first UNLV seventy four. Yeah. You're like, oh God, I laid six. Fresno sixty, and you're waiting. It's like ah. Don't say 67. You know what yeah, I mean? Exactly like, right. Yeah, it's like 65. You're like, yeah, I won. <laughs> like, that's the old days. Like, guys, you guys have no idea. Like, the it was more, kids it was more right fun now. back then, actually, because there was a lot of anticipation. I'd love, to, I'd love to do it, actually. Um, and we'll take a quick break with yeah. Mark, and we'll get into the independent conferences after. But I'd love to do it to sort of have a challenge with people. All right, let's cap. We're all in a house. There's no computers. There's no computers. You all get a newspaper. You get to go to the newsstand. You know what I mean? There's rules. You get to go to the newsstand. You get to make one phone call. But there's no computers. It's like radio shows. When I started the radio, I didn't have a computer in the radio booth. You know what I mean? I came in with like four newspapers. I had the standings and a newspaper in front of me. All right, quick break.
Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Game time decisions. Red Heat Rage Radio. Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I think it's amazing, too. We'll get back to this uh, later. We'll jump into some real football talk with Mark Lawrence. But imagine telling someone right now, I actually feel like a pretty big loser admitting it, but there were times, man, where I spent hundreds of dollars in a month with scores. Oh, for sure. Imagine, like, you paid. Imagine telling someone, now, listen, you want the scores in a game, kid? It's going to cost you 150 bucks for the month (laughs) just for the scores. (laughs) Because there used to be free ones, but they were lamer. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean? There was a few of them that was like, listen, if you pay, you'll get the updated score. And it's, it's a real or quicker score. And I remember thinking at the time, and I used to like think, man, even at the time I knew, I was like, man, this is crazy. I'm paying like $1.99 a minute to call for these scores. Exactly. But I'd think, wow, man, you got $1,000 yeah, on the game. If you got more money yeah. on the game, it's worth it on the line. Yeah, but at the end of the month, yeah. you get your phone bill. It's yeah. $479 exactly. for stupid phone scores. Might as well be calling a sex line. Yeah, you got to really, get hookers. <laughs> like, yeah, forget about phone sex. Speaking of which, now they do text, uh, sex text. Really? Which I don't really understand. You could just text dirty words to yeah. yourself. That doesn't you wouldn't really, know who sent it to you. I don't you. really think that's appealing. <laughs> But you brought, right. up, you brought up one thing, Gabe, before we get to the conferences. Once you're young and you get hooked, like for me, I used to work at a golf club and we take all our paychecks and we go down and we putt for like paychecks and stuff. <laughs> like literally, like I'm not telling, like, and we were kids too. That Once you've done it your whole life, it sticks with you. That's one of those things. You gamble exactly. early, it's with you for a while. You got the bug. All right. Um, so speaking of which, we got some uh, big news out uh, here, Mark, from college uh, football. We'll see. You know, you never really know. If the media is going to bite with this stuff, but um, oh, the Ohio State Buckeyes, of course. I mean, never mind the wrestling thing that's going yeah. on with the representative Jim Jordan and et cetera. But uh, the Buckeyes a couple of weeks ago, Urban Meyer let the wide receiver coach go because he said yeah. it came to my attention that basically he has assaulted his wife on numerous occasions. Yet there's actual proof now that he did know. He knew the whole time. Yeah. So he basically lied. He lied to the public about this. He lied to the media. He stepped up in front of the podium and said, I did not know. There's text messages. There's proof. Um, where I don't know, Mark. I mean, this isn't – I don't want to make light of the situation, but it's not It's not Penn State. Urban Meyer's very powerful. I don't think – I don't know. I, I think some of the media will go after this. I'm not so sure ESPN will. What do you think comes of this, Mark? But – there's, the, you know, the Internet's blowing up right now. There's a lot of pressure, and there's people talking about Urban Meyer lying about this right now. Do and some think... sports books, some, I just want to say oh, quickly, And he too. has a history of stuff, too. And this by the way, some team. sports books are taking it seriously enough yeah. that uh, they've pulled the Ohio State Futures. Wow. Already, yeah. Ohio State Futures are being pulled from various offshore That's books right serious. now, Mark. So if it were Alabama Nick Saban, do you think Alabama would consider offing Nick Saban because of something like this? I highly doubt it. 
yeah. I think they would they would build a case to uh, you know to kind of bury this under the under the rug, if you will. And you'll see Ohio State doing the same thing. They'll do everything they can to keep him clean. They went through this with Jim Trestle. Remember the, uh, with the tattoos and all that crap with the players and everything, and they had to fire Jim Trestle. Now we're in the the Me Too era. And everybody is being held accountable, you know, for what it is they're doing domestically. Uh, I just see he's just too big, too valuable of a coach. This program has met with far, far, way too much success yeah. for them to, to show him the door. So they'll find a way to keep him in Ohio State, believe Jim, Jim Tressel, the original sweater vest. With yeah. yeah. <laughs> and this is something as well, too. And I don't want to make light of the yeah. situation and the domestic abuse, but... Yeah, it's not going to catch fire with the media the same way. It's not like, oh, Urban Meyer covered up. You know, it's not like Baylor. Oh, there were 52 yeah. rapes, and, you know, exactly. they they tried to intimidate witnesses, et cetera. This is a, it's a coach. It's a grown man, and whatever. I mean, is it really shocking? Wow, Urban Meyer's not an honest man. Ooh. You know what I mean? Like, break, break, breaking news here, right? At the worst, he'll admit that I made a mistake, that uh, maybe I should have come forward with what it was that I did know. I just didn't feel it was anything that was uh, newsworthy. Uh, looking back yeah, at hindsight, yeah. I probably should have done that, and uh, I'll learn my lesson. And you do one of the deals. I don't, I don't think he'll even say that. He'll no, I think, you, I think it'll, it'll, be, it'll be I sort of knew I didn't know the extent. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, you know, I didn't right. want to get involved in someone's personal. He's a grown man, fine record, didn't yeah. know anything, didn't want to get, you know. He'll get out of this, yeah. For people, but it's funny because people seem to be, and I'm a Michigan guy, but I don't want to see, you know, I'm not looking for a cheap way to take Urban Meyer out. You know what I'm saying? I know where Urban Meyer is. We all know who he is. It is what it is. But I'm not not looking for a cheap way to take him out. But I know a lot of people are salivating right now, basically saying, we got you. We got you with Urban Meyer. But like Mark said, he's too big to fail. And there's no kids. It's not Michigan State. There's no gymnasts who were molested. Yeah, you know, that's he's whole not the story. abuser. He's not the person that did the abusing here either. You know, he's just yeah. a, you know, part of the story is what he is. Like the Paterno stuff was just that was different. That was oh, just very, so it was, it was very just, the story was so yes. hideous that it was like, All right, everyone, yes. you all gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> like you yes. know what I mean? This is this is different. All right. So let let's jump in uh, here. Let's talk some uh, independent uh football uh right now, Mark. So let's start off uh with Army who's coming off um coming off two Two straight uh, victories against their uh, their their hated rival, the Middies, man, Navy. Uh, but Army Army should take a step back uh, this year, shouldn't they, Mark? A lot of rebuilding going on up there at West Point. I think they will. It was a big 10-win effort last year, only the second time in school history they had done just that. Uh, they've had consecutive winning seasons now for the first time since 1990. And what do you get for this? You see a seven and a half win total on Army. I think that's really ambitious for the total for this football team this year. Look at what they did last year, guys. Despite 10 wins, they went backwards. They regressed offensively and defensively. They kind of won a lot of games with smoke and mirrors. They won a lot of games in overtime, close call football games. And you know that stuff always goes back the other way the next year. I think Army's going to end up struggling a little bit this year, and I, I would certainly go under the seven and a half wins. And their schedule. Yeah. Got to hand it to that program, though. They used yeah. to be the dirty. Like, oh, they, no, the, yeah. like they were so bad. This is amazing. They actually get that win. You know, I, can't, I remember everything all the time, unfortunately. But uh, you know when it all turned around, Mark and Cam, was with that stupid win at Temple. Remember on the road two years ago, Mark? Remember oh, yeah. when we came, when we came yeah. into this and it was basically, 
Army are one in 24 <laughs> in their last 25 road games. I was in Vegas. It was week one. It was Army at Temple, and Army beat them outright. I was like, well, here we go. Well, what a way to start the season. It was like the Friday night before the Saturday. I'm like, that's a great way to start the season, man. And it was sort of, hey, Army aren't bad. They can run the football. You look at their schedule, Army get Duke in week one, Liberty at Army, Hawaii at Army, Army at Oklahoma, Army at Buffalo, Army at San Jose State, Miami, Ohio at Army, Eastern Michigan and uh, Army, Air Force and Army, Lafayette and Army, Colgate and Army, Army, Navy. A lot of games yeah. that they're going to be in dogfights in here. Like, I mean, we can automatically, let's give them the Liberty game. We'll yep. give them the Hawaii game. Um, we'll give them the Lafayette game. San we'll Jose them, State. We'll give them the San Jose State game. We'll give them the Colgate game. Other than that, there's some tough teams. Yeah, yeah. I, I would. Well, I'm not. In, I'm not in a hurry to bet over seven and a half here. You know, they beat both of the other military teams they played last year, so those will be wars this year. The other guys will want them in the worst of way. Uh, everything's going to go right for this football team. And again, I'm going to go back to the fact that their defense went backwards 57 yards a game last year. And uh, they've got the, the season win total of seven and a half guys is, is, by the way, the highest that I've seen on an Army football team in probably 20 years. Uh, it's only there because they won 10 games last year. Conversely, Mark, you look at Army, a team that's actually gone from the worst to a respectable program in BYU every year. These guys, they used to be amazing, and they seem to keep on regressing. What's your take about the uh, Cougs this year? They were just pathetic last year. You look at this football program, uh, they went up against a real super soft schedule last year. Only four teams on their schedule had losing records uh, the previous year, so they should have done good things, but they didn't. Uh, they ranked 118 in total offense last year. Their offense was worse than Kansas, Rice, and Ball State's. Wow. We're talking about a BYU football team that has been uh, legendary as far as putting points in the scoreboard goes and, uh, and winning football games. I think Kalani Sataki is in the hottest of all hot seats in college football this year. I wouldn't be surprised if he's fired at the end of this year. And our good friend Dave Malinsky, I'll refer to this note, Dave made a, a, he was a, a assertion that BYU's biggest mistake they made was by going independent when they left the conference yep, affiliations. Yep. You know, all the recruiting went out the wall. Uh, there, you know, they just don't recruit like they used to. It's just not the same football program we've seen. And, uh, you know, you know, for that reason, uh, five and a half wins, I think, is, again, I think it's ambitious uh, total for this football team. I think they're going to have another struggling year this season. Yeah, for the life of me, I've never understood that either, Mark. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's like BYU thought they were Notre Dame or That's something. That's the thing. Notre Dame could be an independent because they're Notre Dame. Yeah. BYU, you're not and Notre BYU Dame. BYU had a good thing going yes. in the Mountain West. They, they sure did. Great, great basketball rivalries with UNLV and et cetera, yep. uh, and in football as well. And now you look, they, they have a hard time scheduling games. They always have really hard schedules because they can't book anybody. They always need to go on the road. And then they get their ass handed to them as well. Um, it, it is a problem. All right, let's jump into Liberty here. Liberty. And it's funny, me and Cam were talking about this game earlier when, uh, to me, that was the biggest upset of the year. I know UNLV were 45-point favorites or whatever when they lost. But, you know, Liberty beating Baylor, just massive. 34-point underdogs beating them in Waco. Remember uh, Cam, Turner Gill. Yes, Turner Gill, our friend. Yeah, well, me and Cam know Turner Gill. So Turner Gill is uh, the coach of uh, Liberty. A lot of talent on this uh, football team, uh, Mark. As I see, um, Liberty University returns 81% of its overall production from last year. No one's really going to know them. I imagine we're going to get some pretty big, juicy, fat point spreads. Uh, are they a play-on team? I think they're definitely a play-on team here. You mentioned the experience they got coming back. Turner Gill 
has been with a lot of good winning programs. He, he was the highest paid coach in all of the FCS level coaches last football season. He makes almost 700000 a year. You know, they're a private institution, and they have a lot of money. It's that Jerry Falwell money at this program here. And they pay, they pay the head coaches. They pay the assistants. This is a football program everybody's going to look past this year, and it's going to end up being a big mistake. And what I really like about the football program this year is the little note we made in our preview that the Conference USA and the Sun Belt turned them away. They applied for uh, to, to be in the conferences, and they said no to them. Well, look at their schedule this year. They've got three teams from the Conference USA and the Sun Belt on their schedule. They've got them all at home starting with Old Dominion in their season opener. They're a six-point home dog to Old Dominion. They'll beat them straight up on the cuff. They're going to be high as a kite for this football game, and they're going to be as high as a kite for all three of those Conference USA and Sun Belt opponents this year. Those are three nights play on. Mark them down on your schedule now. Liberty like against yeah. Old Dominion, North Texas, and Troy this year. Give me Liberty Wait, over in that yeah, game. Yeah. <laughs> give me Liberty. And give me money. Yes, that, yeah. that sounds no. Mark, that's Got a great. Got fired up there. Great, great for Liberty. Yeah. Me too. That's no, that was fantastic. Hey, Mark, they yeah. remind me of UTSA coming in. Well, to Texas San Antonio. Yeah, they're just, they're yeah. more talented than people realize. Exactly. They've got a little money behind them. Under the radar. We know they can. They they know they can compete with anybody. They beat Baylor last year. Yep. Right. I know Baylor were down, but nevertheless, but still. Mark, let's talk about uh, New Mexico State here. Well, this you want to talk about a, a program that was uh, in the dregs, as you say, and then all of a sudden, boom, they win seven games, win a bowl game. What a what a performance by the Aggies. What a great story. What do you think they're going to do this year? Yeah, it came out of nowhere last year. They were 10-38 and 38 four years before Doug Martin got there, finally got them across the other side of the winning ledger last year. They did it with defense. They improved their defense 100 yards a game last year, and they're going to bring nine of those starters back and they're going to take on the easiest schedule in the FBS this year. Their opponents were 54-91 and 91 last year. So everything's looking awfully rosy for New Mexico State this year, except they have to win seven games for you to cash that ticket, and they're just not going to be a seven-win football team. They're a, they were a stone loser who finally tasted a success last year. I think they're going to go backwards this football season. I'll play them under six wins this season. Let's talk about the Notre Dame Fighting oh, Irish, yeah. who open up with a monster game against my Michigan Wolverines uh, on uh, on that first uh, Saturday night. Well, week one, there's a week zero actually, in which will be in Vegas. They're calling it week zero, <laughs> <laughs> and then and then into into the week one. But I'm looking at this Notre Dame football team uh, here, Mark, and I'm reading your preview of them, and uh, there's a mass exodus of talent uh, between people who have graduated and moved on between uh, players that got drafted into the National Football League. And then you look at Notre Dame's challenging schedule. It's not quite as killer as it has been in past years, but I see a win total of 9.5 minus 150. So in other words, I'm getting plus money at uh, under 9.5 plus 120. I guess you could argue that this total will, will... hinge and hinder on what happens with uh, with Harbaugh and company when they go in there to South Bend. The game is in Notre Dame, but I think Notre Dame's a little bit overrated this year. I know they won 10 games last year, but I'm not so sure they get to 10 this year again, and especially at plus money. I'm leaning with the under 9.5 here, Mark. I think I they're just a little overhyped. It's a real tough schedule they've got here this year, five ACC teams, uh, and what you've got here also, aside from all those graduation losses, uh, there's a good scheduling spot for them here. I think in this first game against Michigan, I think they're a live dog. And the reason I'm mentioning that is Kelly in his career, 20 and 10 to the spread when taking points. Uh, but you're talking, or not Kelly, I'm talking Notre Dame as a home dog, 20 and 10. But yeah. they, 
five times they've been a home dog to Michigan. They've won the money all five times to beat them four of the five straight up. I think they're a good play in game one, but I think they're going to struggle to get that nine-and-a-half win total. Yeah, Harbaugh loses yeah. that game, man. Oh, there's going to be big yeah. problems. Big coming, problems. coming out of the gate, tough game to open the season. Of course, Notre Dame opened up as a six-point favorite in that game in the original opening uh, numbers, but it swung all the way around. Oh, yeah, there was an eight-point swing. Are they minus two now or something like that? Yeah, That's yeah, absolutely I mean, not. Hey, Mark, uh, before we let you go, we got one more. UMass, a tale of two uh, starts, absolutely brutal at the start of the season for the Minutemen, but they caught a little me- momentum late. What's UMass's story? Well, they were, uh, they've really caught fire late, like you mentioned here. they got a quarterback, Andrew Ford's terrific. 22 touchdowns, four interceptions last year. A lot of momentum to enter the football season with this year. I like this team. I think they're going to get over five and a half wins. 33% of all starts were by underclassmen last year. I think UMass will be a bowl team by season's end. Tell you what, wow, UMass, UMass a bowl team. Yeah, That's UMass stuff. Let's UMass, go UMass. UMass can put points up on the board already, and I'm yeah. excited to see they got ten returning starters on offense. Nice. I, th- I think UMass are an up and coming program uh, as well that can catch people off guard because the average person is not, they're not going to bet yeah. on UMass games. They're going to stay away. <laughs> okay, uh, Mark. Before we get you out of here, let me pop open uh, Coffee Club. What do we got? Uh, what do we got today? Got a few night games in the baseball board tonight. There, Gabe. A lot of afternoon ball. Any any trends left? Uh, all right. So what do we got here in the uh, uh, Cole Hamill seven and one in August. Fulte one and six in August. Um, no, those are a couple of day games uh, here. But yeah, we can let you know here. This is from Mark and check out his his coffee club. Get the information over at uh, playbook.com. But uh, Mark has a monthly pitching report. So here's Major League Baseball's best money arms during uh, the month of August over the last three years. Jake Arrieta's fifteen and two. Wow. Bartolo Colon thirteen and five. That's crazy. Danny Duffy eleven and hey, five. Duffy's pitching better. Corey Kluber fourteen and four, and Rick Porcello ten and three. Those are all the aforementioned uh, pitchers' numbers in the month of August, last three seasons. Mark, it's always a pleasure, sir. We'll see you in Las Vegas. Hey, my pleasure, guys. I look forward to it. We'll catch up with you next week. Be good. Take care, Mark. Playbook.com. Check it out. You can also pick up the magazine uh, on a newsstand near you. LouGamblu.com joins us next. Does your fantasy team suck? Maybe you need us. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The only free 24-7 fantasy sports radio network. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. All right, that first hour just really flew by. Thanks to Mark Lawrence for joining us on the program. We'll get uh, Lou uh, lined up uh, right now. It's nice having Mark on. We talk uh, the first segment, story time, talking about old school gambling. I actually should think that. You know, they have these uh, shows, Big Brother and such. You should do Gam Gambling House. That's what it's called, Marenzi. No computers, whatever, just paper. Paper yeah. and pens and a chalkboard. I, I have a lot of good ideas. Do. Yeah, I like that. I also, my other Gambling idea was um, instead of bar rescue, capper rescue. <laughs> <laughs> Are you John Tapper? 
Anyway, no, 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 no. Why the hell did you I put mean, the Yankees I've, in that parlay? I've already, idiot? I've already copywritten the idea, so I can put it out here. Like, um, no, I'm the host. Capper rescue. Yeah, so like I'd show up with like a Ted Savransky. Yeah. You need like sort of a dickhead, like swarmy Capper guy. What the hell are you doing? That's horrible money management. Like we get, we get like someone like Lou actually. Yeah, Lou's, Lou, a Lou's a very good money yeah, manager. Lou's a grumpy old man. He's a nice guy, but Lou's also grumpy. And I saw Lou telling people that they were stupid idiots uh, if uh, they bet on the NFL preseason. So. I guess you're a stupid idiot. He's, call, he's calling me and you idiots. <laughs> I know exactly. <laughs> see, so that's Lou. Lou could be a capper on Capper Rescue. Yeah, that's right. The hell you doing? I see. Like basically, like you know, on Bar yeah. Rescue, like they're all like uh, you, you know. The bar owner opened the books to John. You know what I mean? So John Tapper looks. He's yeah. like, what the hell are you doing? You're spending this much money. You don't even sell that much tequila. What are you buying this? So basically, it'd be like you open up your computer to a capper, and he just looks at all the bets that you made, and he'd be like, what the hell are you doing, Cam? Like, what the hell were you thinking on June 13th? What were we thinking today? Putting the Yankees in our parlay. But I will say this about Bar Rescue, Gabe. I do further research and check out the bars after the fact. All those success stories you think he has, not a, they're all good. They all go back to the old day and they all fail. Literally, there's a place. See, they, they, like most of them are garbage. There's a place in Vegas that's actually suing them. Yeah. Because um, the place like fell apart two weeks later. Yeah. It, it makes it look great on TV. And yeah. That's, yeah. yeah they gone. build yeah, these yeah, little yeah. things in 24 yeah. hours, yeah. but it's it's all like deco. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, yeah. He yeah. sat an elbow. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, my yeah, arm exactly. went through the drywall. Exactly. The drywall. <laughs> right, let's bring in Lou right now. Capper Rescue with Lou. Gamblue.com. What's up, Lou? Yes, sir. How you doing, hey, Lou? Hey, Lou. Cam and Gabe, how are you guys? Pretty good, Lou. We're doing good, Lou. We're doing uh, good, so... Yeah, I was just talking about how I saw you tweeting about uh, anti-NFL uh, preseason uh, betting, Lou. Um, and I, I will respectfully disagree uh, with you. I think that there's actually a better, I think there's better opportunities in the preseason than there is in a regular season because the regular season, the coaches aren't telling you what they're going to do, right? In the preseason, there's actually a game plan, and if you do the research enough, you'll know, all right, this guy's not playing. That guy's not playing. They, you know, they're not going to show anything with the playbook here in this game. They only really care about the next preseason game. Now, it's preseason football, yeah. but ultimately, any bet we make in any medium is a risky bet. There's no such thing. For every lock, there's a key. True. Right? Now, I will admit, Lou, I used to bet more on NFL preseason than football, but a lot of the advantages of somebody that really follows college football and really follows NFL training camps has been lost in the in the in the in, the, in, the, in which now like the odds makers know everything about a camp, right? Like the 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 betters know everything. The odds makers know. We know when a player freaking fumbles in practice now. Oh, the line just moved. You know what I mean? So there's so much information out there now in the preseason that it's hard to have that that advantage. But, you know, as recently as about 10 years ago, Lou, man, I used to smash the preseason with immense, immense success. I'm going to say a couple of things on that uh, line. Number one, I do believe it's possible to derive advantage from the preseason, but I believe that unless you're a total professional and are scouring for advantages, 
that it can't be done by the normal Joe. And that's why I say the bookmakers stand to make the most money. I'm not saying you can't beat it. I'm saying 9.9 people that make a bet in preseason can't beat it. And it's a, it's designed to, after, after everybody's parched and been in the desert with no football, they just run to bet any kind of football. I'll also make this. Anybody that would like to share their positions in preseason with me and wants to make their bets public, we can track them together. And I can tell you the only guys that are going to beat the preseason are going to be pros, and they're not going to want to share their stuff with me. Now, I don't use the preseason for anything other than regular season because I know game one or, or week 17 or week 15 there's integrity in my gamble, meaning every there's 17 game, weeks in an NFL season. They play 16 games. Those games mean a lot, and they're trying to white-knuckle win every single one. So for me, the integrity is in the regular season. Anyone that wants can tell me how well they do in the preseason, but they'll never share their picks with me, and that tells me all I need to know. I don't think the casual... I don't think the casual better bets the preseason very much, to be honest. I think what happens, Lou, as you stated. Oh, that, I disagree with it. They'll, I think the casual better, they freaking vomiting to get to the first preseason game to yeah, bet yeah. their Browns or bet yeah. their Eagles they or lose. bet their whatever. They yeah. lose. So that's what happens. They, yeah. Generally, people, the average casual guy will bet a preseason game because they'll be like, oh, man, the Raiders and the Cowboys are on Fox tonight on Monday Night Football or Thursday Night Football because – the national game, TV games, will start now in the month of August. And then they'll lose once and they'll get burnt. Generally, that's what happens with the public. Well, we worked with an intern who lost thirty grand before the preseason was even over. Yeah. Walking in with a brown paper yeah, bag. That's not, that's not <laughs> yeah. one bet. Man, I, dude, we, uh, we, there was a kid. He was an intern with us. He and, was crazy. And he was a real degenerate gambler, Lou. Like, he had a gambling problem, all right, for real. Yeah. <laughs> and... I was telling him about these were the days, and I used to, I'll admit, I put like $2,000 yeah. on preseason games in those days. So I told him, I was like, listen, man, this, you know, this is a really good pick here tonight, and it looks pretty good, and he already liked it. It was the Eagles-Patriots game. Yeah, it was an Eagles-Patriot game, and it was like a million, it was raining, and there was like pick sixes and fumbles. It was just like a shit show circus. <laughs> and, and, uh, he was like, he was ghost white, like, after the oh, game. Yeah. It was on TV. He's in the studio with us, an intern, and he looks like he's going to vomit type thing. And and I asked him, I said, what did you put on this game anyway? It's like, I don't know, $14,000 or something. He bet like fourteen k and with a bookie and with, like, uh, not not nice bookies. Yeah. guys who, yeah. Like, basically, like, threatening money. bookies. Like, the guy, like, like Cam said, great. he lost, like, $38,000 betting preseason football <laughs> in, like, two nice. weeks. Yeah. I, I, again, to each their own, and, and I'm not going to tell people what they should or shouldn't do. I just know what works for me, um, and I just use the preseason for just such diametrically different reasons than anybody that really wants to go out and try and play a first half or a first quarter or whatever based on you know what the coaches said in the media. Uh, anybody willing to bet real money on what coaches say in the media are half insane anyway, but uh, it's just my opinion, and, and I like this time of year, I like to throw out information that I actually believe 
and many times it stirs controversy. Many times I'm spot on, but also many times I couldn't be further from the truth. Uh, three years ago, I, three years ago or so, I I, to, I told everybody that a 30-year-old LaShawn McCoy was an East-West runner, and he was done. And and I was really, really wrong. And it isn't the first time I've been wrong. This year, another tweet I just put out there a day or so ago is that uh, there was an article in, on Twitter that uh, the coach for San Francisco, Shanahan, uh, took advantage of uh, Richard Sherman getting burned, and he used it as a teaching lesson. And my response was, get used to that. Richard Sherman is gone. He's coming off Achilles. He's a 6'3 defensive back. And when 6'2", 6'3", big, physical, adroit, all-world defensive backs in the NFL start to lose it, they lose it like fighters do. They lose it overnight. Richard Sherman will be a bust except for his ability to help coach in San Francisco this year. Lou's bringing the heat. He sure is. That's a fastball. I, you know what? You raise a good point. You talk about fighters. You know, they say in boxing, a fighter can age in between rounds. Yeah. Um, age in between rounds, uh, so to speak. Uh, I think I think you're right about Richard Sherman. I think there's a reason why the Seattle Seahawks said, all right, there's a time. I do think San Francisco are a little bit overrated coming into yep. the year. You know, Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo is being talked about as if yeah. though he's Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, right who have you played too? The guy who had some success at the end of the year. We need to see a little bit more. I stand by my comments in that division. Arizona over five and a half wins. It's too low. It's yeah, I don't know low. that you can find five and a half anywhere. I think there's six, six and a half everywhere, and I just haven't started to look at overs yet. Uh, I think I, I shared with you either this weekend or last week. The beautiful I, thing I about to, the beautiful thing about the internet, Lou. Yeah, you can do right, a lot of right shopping. Of Arizona Cardinals over five and a half. Although it is, it's minus one fifty-five. Yeah, the juice is high. Over okay. five and a half, minus one fifty-five. And a very well-known, reputable book that doesn't pay us to uh, pimp their name. Yeah, so, so we'll, we'll just say uh, good, we'll just say <laughs> yeah, good line. So yeah, through yeah. them, I love yeah. it. I love it. Don't, don't mention their name. Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, like I say, I haven't really. I, I, there's one team I'm kind of looking at a little bit. I don't want to disclose yet. There, we haven't even played a preseason game. Exactly. Uh, that said. Uh, and I and I want to be hesitant because of the injury factor, but holy smokes, you got all kinds of offensive tackles getting toted out here this first couple of days of practice. San Diego's getting uh, just ripped with injuries again. They lost uh, Hunter Henry. Uh, now they lose a, 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 a I think another tight end just the other day with a knee. And uh, I mean, it's it's already starting. Uh, it's it's funny that it's these offensive tackles and linemen that are. Uh, that are going down, but uh, be that as it may, I'm fired up for the NFL, and uh, I don't work college, so it's all NFL for me, and uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to preseason so I can take notes, gather information, and prepare myself. Well, Gabe, I put my money where my mouth was yesterday. Raiders eight and a half under. I smashed it. Nice. Yeah, I, 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 I don't. I'm have a sold. Problem. I don't. They're have not winning that. nine games no, this year. No I, way. I, I don't believe they're going to win nine games uh, either. One thing you mentioned about college, Lou, and I get it. It's tough to stay on, and you're very disciplined. Yeah. You want to know everything that you can possibly know. And when you get into college, you're so many teams, and you're a busy man. Uh, but you you brought up something. And, look, you like to bet on NFL football because you know you're getting an honest effort, so to speak. 
right, as you mentioned. You know, they, they're playing 16 games. The stakes are so high every week. It's not like betting on a regular season baseball game, right, or a regular season NBA game. You also like betting on fighting in which, you know, every fight is the fighter's biggest fight of his life, which is that's one good thing when you're betting yep. on a fighter. He doesn't want to lose, Cam, right? No UFC fighters like, well, I don't care. There's a few old guys at that point. But generally... Nobody wants to get their ass handed. Yeah, you're betting on a sport at least that you know the guy. Man, he gotta get, he's got to get paid, so exactly. he wants to win. Right? So you're, you're, he's got motivation. Hunger. I find that's what I like about betting on college football. The stakes are so incredibly high, there's no room for error. Like, if you're in Alabama, you're a Michigan, you're in Ohio State, you're a Clemson, you can really only afford to lose one game. So basically every week is just you have that intensity level that I know, yeah, this coach is not just, it's not a, just another game for Urban Meyer. Every game is a championship game for yeah. Urban Meyer, right? The college is different too with ra- rating systems. You have to beat down teams. You can have yeah. unimpressive wins and such. So I, I do, yeah, I the, find. The, the, I, disparity bet- the, 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 the disparity between have and have not is huge. You'll see 35-point lines in college. You won't see that in the NFL. But go on, Gabriel. I'm, but, I'm following your line of, of thought. But, but you can take advantage of it, though, yeah. in, in college football. And it's the same with college yeah, I, basketball. There's actually mismatchage. That's what makes the NFL difficult. Every team has the same amount of talent, and you know what I mean? They just they, It's up to the coaching staff to get them over the finish line. In college football, you can say, you know what? This team really doesn't have a hope in hell in covering. They just physically don't match up uh, with the other team. It's almost like uh, weight classes in UFC not existing. All right, quick break. We'll talk UFC. Great. <laughs> quick break. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. I see on Twitter here, Sebastian Bach. Sebastian Bach performing live at the Peterborough Civic Center. That guy owns that area. Saturday, November the 17th. First hometown show in 28 years. He hasn't played uh, in Peterborough in 28 years. He's still going to He's gonna blow the top off that joint. <laughs> that guy has energy to burn, man. He's a party machine. Yeah. No, I've seen him on. You've seen him the same like thing on tables and stuff. I like his hashtag. He's the one that just tweeted yeah. this. Sebastian Bach live in Peterborough. First hometown show in 28 years. Hashtag keep on trucking. Hashtag Fonzie. Hashtag sit on it. <laughs> Sit on it. Yeah, sit on it. That's you know, Lou. Lou, remember that? Remember Aldo Vecchio, Lou? Yep, 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 yep. All right, so. Uh, <laughs> remember Al? Yep, 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 yep. 
UFC 227. Fun card uh, over the weekend and a profitable card. We had fun having a couple of drinks with you, Lou, uh, on uh, Saturday night um, um, online uh, at that. But love those free uh, fight cards. We have a uh, pay-per-view this week. It's UFC 227. There's a couple of title fights uh, on the card, Lou. I'll throw it to you here. We've got Dillashaw and uh, Cody Garbrandt uh, throwing down uh, once again. Seems like a lot of people in the mixed martial arts uh, world don't feel as if, though, that uh, this fight should be happening. That Garbrandt deserves sort of the instant shot here again. Uh, but that's that you know that's irrelevant. We're here to pick who's going to win the fight. So, what's your take on the rematch, Lou? Yeah, I, I got some feelings here, and, and my biggest feeling is that uh, in the first fight where uh, TJ beat Garbrandt, I, I think that there was a perfect storm that set up TJ to be in a, just an excellent position to win. And by that I mean, you know, let's, let's look at the fact that uh, uh, Garbrandt beats Dominic Cruz in, uh, on New Year's, basically, of 16. And then as soon as he gets the title, uh, he goes on the tough production with Dillashaw on the other side, okay? Garbrandt's 24 years old, just won the title, full of confidence, okay? Dillashaw's 30. He's a challenger, and he gets to roast and manipulate mentally Cody Garbrandt for the six weeks or eight weeks, whatever it is that is tough. And Garbrandt responds, just like a tough, young, inexperienced 24-year-old would, by talking shit and getting physical and pushing Dillashaw And by the time the fight went off, even though the game plan from Garbrandt was to get Dillashaw frustrated like Dominic Cruz did, because when Dillashaw gets frustrated, he forgets the plan, it was Garbrandt, I think, that was too emotional. And once he had TJ hurt in the second round, rather than stick to counterpunching and making TJ come to him, he went to get TJ, and he got iced by the kick and then by the big right hand. Uh, I think the spot is different now. Gone is the 24-year-old Garbrandt, and now he's 26. He's been through that. They didn't do the tough show, and he's had to live for a year or almost a year with the fact that he's no longer the champ. Uh, meanwhile, Dillashaw, who had great aspirations to fight Mighty Mouse, they couldn't get that fight done, has to turn around and fight Garbrandt once again. Huge disadvantage, Dillashaw. The spots have changed. This is a bad spot for Dillashaw. This is a good spot for Garbrandt. Garbrandt in the first fight opens minus 135. By the time the fight went off, he was 200. Now I can catch him plus 100, even money. Yes, sir, I'll take him. Take Garbrandt plus the 100. I really think it's a good spot for him. And you guys know, too, Gabe, everybody and their mother from the stuff, uh, the articles you've been sending me in the interviews, everyone thinks Dillashaw is going to kick his ass. And I like your style there, Lou. With a lot of guys in the MMA world think Dillashaw, he's going to win. I'd rather go the other way. And you say it's in a good spot, and we're getting plus money. Sold. One let's, thing. Let's, let's, uh, let's also realize that I'm not forgetting the fact that Dillashaw's got more tools. Dillashaw has a wrestling game, and even yeah. though he shot one time in the first fight, he didn't come close to getting Garbrandt down, and TJ's not going to use his wrestling. 
And he, he, so uh, TJ is the more versed mixed martial artist, no question. But if you watch that first round, Garbrandt was wide-legged, controlling the middle of the octagon, and, and Dillashaw couldn't get in, trying those goofy leg kicks. And I'm telling you, that everybody knows you just got to watch it. If that first round lasted eight more seconds, uh, Garbrandt's still the title holder. So I think the, I think the focus of Garbrandt is the story in this fight. You know, Lou, very, very well said. And, you know, I, I said the pretty much the exact same thing about uh, Jose Aldo. Remember when he fought uh, Conor McGregor? You know, Aldo was on a roll, and Aldo had always just been a calm, calm fighter that didn't get rattled by anything. And he fights, he, he goes on that press tour with Conor McGregor, and I should have known better. Like, basically, you know, Aldo storming out of TV studios, he got rattled. He got he got flustered. He got rattled by all the the the, the talking. It took Aldo out of his game. And then what happened when he fought against uh, Conor McGregor? You know, thirteen seconds. He runs right into something because he got so emotional. And you raise a good point. I mean, the all the the smack talk and especially going on the Ultimate Fighter and stuff like that. And in, in Aldo and McGregor's case, it's the whole tour and everything, the media tour. It's draining. And especially if you're not getting the better of it. If you're yeah. going out there and you're traveling and at the end of it, the other guy on stage is getting the laughs. Yeah. He's getting the pops. And you're getting mocked on Twitter. Man, are you stupid? Like, that's what's happening to Garbrandt, basically. Like, people are like, man, Dillashaw schools you, man. He talks shit about right. you. You know, Cody can't come back at him, Cam. Yeah. He's sort of, he tries he to, just, but he, it doesn't work. And then he gets out of his plan. Dillashaw just keeps talking, yeah. He's a 24-year-old kid against a 30-year-old kid. That's a mismatch. Garbrandt was never in that psychological, emotional war. However, if you watch him now, he's cerebral. He's tight-lipped. He's, he's biting less. Inward. He's take, He's not taking the bait uh, as much. Yeah, he isn't. <laughs> he's, he's focused, and now he's 26, and Dillashaw's 32. And let's, let's not forget that when fighters in the UFC fight and there's greater than five years of age difference, 62% of the time the younger guy wins, I'm going to take that advantage. Doesn't mean that Garbrandt's going to win, but I, I, this is one I really like, guys. It sounds yeah. like you do. I like Lou. Lou, he's putting his foot down, Gabe. He likes it a lot. Sounds, 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 sounds like you do. Big foot. Okay. Um, the next one, we got a title fight. Demetrius Johnson and uh, Henry Cejudo. He kicked the crap out of him in the first. Why, why does this guy have to fight the same guys again? Because Dave? Demetrius Johnson, Cam, has already beaten everyone 15 that, times. That's the thing. So, <laughs> it's like, give the man a break. And it's funny because, as Lou stated, he is supposed to fight Dillashaw or Dominic Cruz. Yeah. Yet, I don't know. I, I never, I'm not one of these people that holds against Mighty Mouse. Basically, Cam, it's like he dominates his division so much. Yeah. People are like, dude, you know, fight someone at 135. Fight Dominic Cruz. Fight yeah. Dillashaw. Yeah. And he goes, why should I? I'm the champion of this class. Beat me. If you don't like it, I shouldn't leave because I'm not losing. He has that right. And and I, I, I totally agree with it. Now, you could argue, well, if you really want to test yourself, yeah, yeah. wouldn't you say, well, I want to try to beat this guy. That's a good point. But, hey, he knows his role, yeah. and he knows where you know where he's dominating. He likes kicking ass. So, as Lou mentioned, like Dillashaw wanted that fight. Dominic Cruz has wanted this fight. Cejudo gets the fight. So, Cejudo, world-class wrestler, Olympian, obvious, uh, obviously. He's worked on his ground game in selling the fight. Cejudo says that he knows what he did wrong, that he's a much better mixed martial artist right now. 
What do you make of this one, Lou? You love the underdogs. Do you like Cejudo at all here? Like uh, Mighty Mouse is as high as a minus 500 favorite. Yeah, I, I, you know, uh, it's it's just got to be so tough on Mighty Mouse. And, and you know what? If Cruz and Dillashaw want him so bad, cut to 125 and go get him. Yeah. Uh, to make him to make him jump up and fight the heavier man in their backyard, bullshit. Demetrius Johnson is a completely underrated fighter. He doesn't get his due from the organization. And granted, he doesn't draw like, you know, Dan Cormier or Conor McGregor, but I think he gets the short end. And I think it's really tough to have to fight two or three different guys in a division you've already completely swept out the second time. And I do give Cejudo some chance, and I give Cejudo a chance because he's an Olympic wrestler. And a couple fight cards ago, I kicked myself when I was talking to another handicapper, and I said, I'm getting back to my basics, and and I'm going to start to rely a little bit more on the wrestling-based fighters. And I give Cejudo a chance because if he can find a way to get inside and take Mighty Mouse down and get on top, I, I think he has a chance. And I think this line is is a little bit too high. That said, I don't know that I'm really willing to do jumping jacks or push-ups on Henry Cejudo. See, we're, I, I went right back to our calisthenics references, boy. <laughs> All right, we've only we got a couple of minutes left here, but yeah. uh, Cub Swanson's a huge dog, Marantz. Yeah, Cub Swanson against Moicano. What do you make of that one, Lou? Plus three thirty. Yeah, that's a mispriced fight, and while I really like Moicano, uh, they're not giving Swanson any credit whatsoever. That opens uh, Swanson plus 125. Now you can catch him plus 300, plus 330. I'm going to sit back and watch that one, but I could see myself throwing a little half unit on that one. The other dog I really like on the fight is uh, is that Welshman, uh, John. Uh, he and Munoz are going to have an interesting fight where Munoz is really the striker uh, that's given away seven inches of reach advantage. Uh, Johns can kind of keep him at distance and find a way to get him down on the ground. Uh, even though Munoz is a guillotine expert, Johns is awful savvy on the ground. And, uh, you know, Johns, Johns opens plus 115. He's now plus 210. Uh, that's another one I'm watching. What about it, the uh, ladies there, Lou? A uh, lot of huge numbers on this card, too. Other than Garbrand Dillashaw, which is to, almost a pick em, like minus 490, minus 500. A lot of big, big favorites. What about Correa versus Aldana? Who do you like there? Uh, Aldana laying minus 300, 310 right now. That fight has been scratched from the card. It has been? Yes. Okay. Well, Cam's not going to watch the card anymore, I guess. Uh, I, I enjoyed last week's card. It's nice, <laughs> nice being free. Cam, I, I like the lady fights, Cam likes actually. The, Cam, likes, Cam likes those uh, those ladies in those tight uh, tight shorts, I think. I do, Lou. I actually like the, the women fights. I never thought I'd like them as much as I do, but I do. Yeah, Cam, you know, I'll tell you what. Um, as you know, MMA is a lot like DFS. Late scratches. Late scratches. <laughs> yeah, as, long as, as long as the main event uh, not, not a uh, not a late scratch. Something, something happened with Correa. I don't know if it was Wade. I'm not sure what it was, but uh, that fight uh, and that was recently, Cam. So uh, that just happened today or yesterday. So, huh. um, okay. So um, before before we get you out of here, Lou, you mentioned Johns. I want to ask you about Conor McGregor and and Habib. Uh, but anybody else? Any other fight on the prelim that you want to throw out there, or uh, do you want to move on to the Conor stuff? Yeah, I'm looking down real early, Ramos and Kang. Ramos getting a lot of hype uh, out of Team Alpha Male. 
I don't know that he should be such a huge favorite. The other kid is, again, is a man. He's 31, Ramos 23, and Kang, uh, the South Korean, is a big, thick, wrestling-based guy. He's going to have some size over Ramos. Uh, that's another dog I'm looking at, Kang. I see Thiago Santos, a minus 365 favorite against Kevin Holland. Holland. Yeah. Uh, what do, I don't really know much about Kevin Holland, to be honest. Yeah, and I, he's the ultimate. There's three ultimate fighters uh, competing on the card. He's one. Um, he's he's got a youth advantage. He's going to be three inches taller, so he's going to have good size and reach over Santos. Uh, but that's a fight I'm going to have to watch. I think Santos is extremely one-dimensional, but I don't know that Holland has the ground game to take Santos away from his strength. Okay, Lou. So in our remaining moments uh, here. You and I have talked a lot about uh, about Connor and John Jones and the lifestyle and whether fighters, once they sort of get on that train, ever they're going to be the same fighter again. Now, Connor McGregor has been on an ultimate bender. Forget about Ovechkin's bender, Cam, like after he won the cup. Yeah. Ovi's actually sober now. I saw a video of him. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's the first time. Finally, he's like, it's yeah, over was the last day with the cup. He I've gave had the enough cup. Vodka he, now. Yeah, yeah. He was like, he, was, he looked like he looked <laughs> oh, sober he's, he's and stuff. Out. Uh, but so basically, uh, Connor got all that money against Mayweather, got stupid, and uh, went crazy for a year. Um, so I saw a video of him yesterday, Lou, and he was in New York City, and TMZ followed him, and he was jogging around and stuff. But I can just tell, as somebody that you know knows partying, etc., you can yeah. tell when somebody is and they're not, and you can see the look in his eyes. He looked very, very refreshed and good. He looked strong. He looked enthusiastic, actually, about coming back and fighting. And word on the street is it's extremely close. It's not just, like, rumors and stuff. Um, you know, there's just the final, final little small details to tire out. I don't know if it's going to be October 6th, but that's what they're shooting for. If they try to wait till New Year's, too many things can happen, man. Abib always pulls out of fights. God knows. Like, they, they, they got to get him in there quick if they can. So, long story short, Lou... What's your initial? I'm not holding you in a pick right now, but the number is, and it didn't really move, and Odessa was tweeting me and Joey were talking, and Joey said, no, there's not Connor money coming in yet. I imagine there would be, but there's a couple of books out there that have Habib in the minus 190-200 range against Connor, which kind of surprises me, Lou. What's your initial take of this? My initial take would be uh, that I, I, I regard Connor as a pretty significant striker, and I don't put it past a guy like that. Even though on the one hand of the balance beam, there's his partying and him going sawing through money the last year like he has. On the other hand, world-class, top-end professional athletes can be cagey. I don't put it past Conor McGregor to be working his ass off in the gym on his wrestling, his takedown defense, and trying to get ready for this fight so that he can maybe be throwing uh, Khabib a little bit of, of, uh, of lure, in essence. Uh, Michael Johnson stunned Khabib early yes, and was out slicking him on was out slicking him on the feet early in that fight. And if Michael Johnson could at least get his attention, I know Connor can hurt him, and and Khabib can be hit. So I got more research to do on this fight, but uh, and I do regard Khabib as uh, a rightful favorite. We're just going to have to see kind of where it is. I think it should be 150 to 180 somewhere. Uh, easy if it's in Las Vegas. If it's in Russia, it should be minus 400 because that tells me that Connor needs. It tells me Connor needs money, 
and he's willing to give up all his leverage to go fight in Russia. It, I think the fight's going to be in Vegas. That's where both uh, fighters make the most money. Uh, and so I'm going to dance around the subject without giving you any real pick. <laughs> you know what's insane? It actually opened at 165, and it's up to 190 right wow. now. Wow. That's weird. I thought it'd go the other way. It'll go the other way after. Lou, you're the no, best. No, it's always a pleasure. Gamble. You guys are sharp, and thanks for the time, fellas. Love you, Lou. Gamble.com. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Game time decisions, Red Heat and Rage Radio. Woo! Quick break. Lou was bringing it. Yeah, quick break. I don't know if you have time to, if you got to go do something. If you got to, you know, you got to be quick. Uh, we were talking, uh, we were talking earlier. We were talking earlier about our first ever bets. Yep. So I remember, I'm going to say, you know, it's hard to nail it down, but I'm pretty much, it's 1981, my first bet. Parlay card. So it was an individual game, parlay card. I didn't really start individual game betting until, um, I guess, you know, when I was 14 type thing. But I was always playing parlay cards, yeah. to be honest. So that's what it started with. Parlay cards were hot. Yeah, that, that hot. was the thing in, in those day. days, that's how they, right? That's how they hooked young kids, parlay yeah. cards. It was the parlay cards. Yeah. And even, you know, it was funny because, well, when I was in Montreal, actually, like, um, being underage really didn't matter. Like, I used to go to bars when I was 13 and stuff. Montreal's a different city compared to most. Yeah. You, you, younger people get away with more. Like, I used to sell stolen TVs to strippers in a strip club in exchange for lap dances, like, when I was 14. Good business. Yeah, so, like... <laughs> You're you're quite you're an entrepreneur, Marenzi. Yeah. So like so the old age thing, but like even as a teenager, like that was my thing. I used to go into uh, I used to go into like a uh, you know sports bar restaurant type yeah. thing, and the bartender would always have them. No one ever asked my age. Yeah. You know I mean? yeah like, here, here's the parlay. Card. I remember going to Vegas like 1987, 1988. You got to be 21 to gamble. I was only 18. I bet on sports in Vegas without ID. You know what's funny, Cam? I couldn't on Fremont Street. Fremont Street was hardcore. Like, they had security, like, on the... They were like, hey, kid, you can't come in here. Like, they were on top of me because I was staying around Fremont near the bus station when I was in Vegas in 1987. But I had no problem, like, at the Mirage which is or at, yeah. like, Harrah's. That's kind of interesting. Yeah. Wow, so like, in the Strip, yeah, Fremont. So I sort of learned early. I was like, wow, that's why I didn't go to Fremont early. I was like, nah, man, there's security everywhere. They're hardcore with ID if you win. Because I heard a story of a buddy of mine who was underage, too, that bet on sports. And he said he won, and they didn't want to pay him on a Fremont place. And he was the guy that told me, 
And he was underage, too. And he goes, man, they booked me a room at uh, the Flamingo Hilton. <laughs> he goes, I'm telling you. Because I was like, how do you get a room? Like, you know, you're under whatever. And he goes, no, no, Flamingo Hilton. So that was, that was the first place I stayed in Vegas, the Flamingo Hilton. And uh, I was like 17, 17, 18 type thing. Booked a room there. That was the uh, first time I gambled in Vegas. Then I went back. I remember the first time I went to Vegas, that's, that time, that era. I was living in Hollywood. I went a few times in the summertime. It was always my dream. Oh, my God. It was the first time I went. It was a preseason game. It was my first Vegas bet I ever made. Philadelphia Eagles and uh, Pittsburgh Steelers in a preseason Ooh, game. Battle of Pennsylvania. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, great, great, great memories. But I remember it was just when the Mirage was opening. Like, the Mirage was brand new. And it was quite the scene, like, with the yeah. this, this outside in the volcano and all I liked, that. I like the Mirage. The Mirage isn't bad, actually, you know what it is? Day. It's one of those ones that I've noticed... All the new hotels, you're a high roller, they're going to comp you. But the thing that I used to love about staying at the Tropicana, which I never do now, I, I'm not even a high roller, Gabe, and they used to bring me, like, gift baskets. Like, I had my room, there'd be, like, you know what I mean? There'd be free tokens there, there'd be booze, they'd give you a bottle of wine, some beers, thanks for coming again, Cam, like, we love having you at the hotel, you go play some blackjack, you don't get that shit anymore. No. The old school hotels really know how to treat you well, they knew your name, the, never had a problem getting a buffet, I find now I'm not doing a lot more asking for stuff, and you, you don't want to be that guy. It's nice when they just say, here you go, take it. All right, so we asked people on Twitter, um, what movie did you see, or do you remember your first yeah. sports bet? Uh, Ryan Scalia says, uh, my 18th birthday, the first thing I did when I got home from school was sign up for an online betting account. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. <laughs> That's great. I think I had one actually with uh, with Bowman's when I was like 16 or something like before. I had sports interaction for a long time. Uh, Ryan, uh, Ryan, RCMX93 says, uh, bet. I made my first bet when I was 19, made an online sports book account. I put my money on Chael Sonnen to beat Anderson Silva in the rematch. Didn't work out well. <laughs> you know, it's funny you say that. I was in Las Vegas watching that fight live. Um, Movie, I was six years old when I saw Star Wars, The Phantom Menace. Ooh, yeah, good stuff. That's pretty That's pretty crazy because uh, I saw the real Star Wars in the theater that's when right. I was around you're six not, or seven. You're not Darth, Darth Maul. You're uh, Darth Vader. You saw the real, the original. All right, our boy Pete, he's in my, this is something what I would do. This is our neck of the woods. Pete, I bought my first ever $2 sports select yeah. ticket <laughs> right. sports when select. I was 10 years old. My local corner store would sell lottery tickets and cigarettes to anyone back yeah. in 1991. <laughs> That's great. It's true. It they, is. they would. It is true. I remember because, yeah, you're picking up smoke for somebody. They never asked your age for your grandma, for your mom, for somebody. You know. Yeah, Cam, they, they, the last they time care. I got ID'd when I grew up in my neighborhood was, like, when I was 12. Like, honestly, like, yeah. I was 14 going into bars, oh, buying yeah. beers. Like, sure. no, no problem. You know, I rented an apartment when I was 15. <laughs> I didn't go to school. <laughs> I, I told my parents I was going to school every day. Yeah, I actually no, just went I, to this apartment. I, I went to my apartment. No, no, I rented an apartment. Like, I had a landlord and stuff. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah, you're 15. Don't worry. I'll get you the rent there, Chuck. Yeah, that's why, like, when I hear these guys, yeah. oh, I was, when I was racing, I was 17. I was yeah. a kid. Yeah, you were like, a what kid. What are you talking about? When I was 14, I was, like, printing my own report card and, like, selling things. Like, come on, man. Yeah, the hamster was on the wheel. Yeah, like, don't give me this. <laughs> 
I saw All right. I saw it the other day, Gabe. You want it's the opposite now. This dude was like thirty something. Like they check they check everybody's ID at the liquor store now. I know. I'm yeah. just like like and I'm I'm kind of looking at the lady know, going, like, come on. I'd like to be checked just to be flattered, but yeah, I don't get I, that. No, they don't, no, they don't check even, me. I'm I look beat down and old. I but, even got it the other day yeah. when I was in a store. I was buying beer. They I, they ID'd you? No, but she ID'd the person in front yeah, of me. That's what happens to me all the time. And she said to me, "Do you have ID?" And then she started laughing. <laughs> yeah, she knew. Like, yeah, yeah she worry about She goes, it. "You have ID?" And she was like, "Just kidding, ha <laughs> ha." I'm like thinking, what? What do I look like, Matlock? Yeah, seriously. Like, like, like what's the deal? No, like, I never get. No, that's one of those things too. I never get checked. And you know me, I'm pretty hairy. I used to be the guy who got the beer for the kids when we were younger, right? So my buddy used to just give me, he goes, show your, you show your know. chest hair, put a little gold out there. But and you they used do to know. Me when I was about sixteen. You do know though that. I'm sure you've even been carded recently in the past few years in Las Vegas at some place. Yeah, and so once in a once in a while they do it just to for due it's diligence. Just, yeah, it's just for it's, sort of yeah. dickhead yeah, the legal just, yeah. purposes exactly. or whatever. Exactly. Like there was a bar I used to go to in oh. Vegas, and uh, sometimes it asked me for ID. Sometimes they wouldn't. It's kind of dumb. I mean, it is. Yeah. You know. So I didn't have ID one night, and I said, "Dude, really? Look, look at me." I said, "Really? Like, come on, man." I said, "Do you really?" And he goes, "It's our, it's our policy. We need to ID everybody." That's such shit. I, I, and I, I said, I, I, "Is I, I, it yeah. really your policy, or is this just the reason because you don't want me coming in here?" And he said, "Bingo." <laughs> I was like, "Yeah." You know, so sometimes when you get ID, yeah. there's it's just they don't want you around. No, but you know what? When I was in uh, when I was on tour in Halifax, in Halifax, I got ID. Somebody this year? Yes, sir. Wow. At a beer store. Really? Yeah, a government beer store. And same, the guy said to me, don't take offense, but uh, we have to ID everybody. It's like, well, really? Do I really look like I'm not 21? That's br- no, that's crazy. That's I mean, just for anybody, any, anybody that's tuning in uh, right now, if you're wondering what I look like, you don't know what I look like. I look exactly like uh, Moby. <laughs> Used to say Vin Diesel. No, no, I I get Vin Diesel a lot. I I, I get that everywhere, but um, I guess somebody told me Moby once. It was Mo- just gold. Moby. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Some dude was like, "Man, you look you just, just like, like Moby." Moby. I don't even. Know. That's a great I don't look compliment. Like anybody. He's got a red face. More like you a puppet. Like, you a look puppet. Like, yeah, you do. You look just like Tom Cable. Yeah, Tom Cable's. He said look- you did. Yeah. Tom Cable lost weight. Yeah, I lost a little weight too. We're both thinner these days. I he think. looks older than you. Yes, he does. He looks a lot older than me. Um, all right. So I like Pete's style. Two dollars. He started. Uh, he bet two dollars when he was ten years old on a parlay ticket. I like that. Similar to my situation. All right. T Dub said that uh, his first ever bet was uh, the 1987 Stanley Cup. So he's been around a while. Yep. Uh, first movie in theater. Et. Nice. Me too. I got one from Ghetto Gabe. First movie was Goonies. First sports bet. Tough one. Probably betting on Germany to win the Euro in the early 2000s. I like that. First movie, Goonies. Our boy Shano has probably the, <laughs> the best and the worst answer at the same time. He started gambling when he was 12. So that doesn't surprise. Like a lot of yeah. you guys, yeah, you're like us. Young. You're hardcore gamblers. and you know, I mean, we're like-minded people. So like, that's what I did, too. I actually lost my virginity when I was 12, too. Maybe we'll do that. Are as you, are you serious? Yeah. That's really young. Is he? Yeah. Man, that's your, like, I, I got to remember when I was 12, I was still like, uh, I wasn't, I wasn't even thinking about uh, maybe even getting a second base, but yeah, good for you. Yeah. And the girl, uh, the girl that I had sex with, uh, she was 16. Good for you. Yeah. I was 12 years old. Wow. You must've felt like a real king at the school there. Yeah. 12 years Dude, old. Dude, I went out with her. She became my girlfriend. Nice. Now you're like Bart Simpson with the older babysitter. Yeah. You know what's crazy? <laughs> When she graduated from high school, I went to the prom with her. They didn't let me in because I was too young. 
What did you do, hang outside by the bleachers? Hey, baby, no. I'll be black. It was just like the Simpsons. Yeah. It was like Dungler. Like the, the principal. Oh, Dungler? Yeah, he was like, you can't come in. He's like, you're in grade seven. You can't be in, like, the prom. He goes, you're not allowed in here. I was like, yeah, but I'm the date. It's my girlfriend. I'm dying right now. That's so good. Yeah. That's All right, so, so anyway, so, yeah, we'll do the virginity one tomorrow. Wow, 12 uh, really young. I think you're going to win that contest. Um, 12. So, uh, Shano, he made his first bet at 12, which is way cool. Yeah, that is cool. First movie that he saw, gold. Free Willy. <laughs> Jump, Willie! Jump. Jump with all your might! <laughs> oh, no. I... <laughs> all right. Uh, Guan White. I got some great ideas. This would be fun. I got some great answers here. All right. Guan White says, um, first bet, 2003 Super Bowl. Uh, took the uh, the points with the Buccaneers. First movie in theaters I saw, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. <laughs> 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 that's amazing. Oh, that's awesome. Honey, I shrunk the kids. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> that's the type of movie you wouldn't even picture was ever even in exactly. a theater. Like, yeah. That's straight to VHS. <laughs> All right. Peace on Earth says, first ever bet I made was uh, on lottery tickets. All right. And then uh, filling out um, lottery tickets for my grandfather. First movie was uh, Mo Money in 1992. A piece on oh, earth must oh, be a little oh, younger. Yeah, more money. Wow. More money. Do you know the first time I bought a scratch? John says, I, I played uh, Pro-Line Sports when I was 13 years old, yep. and I saw Mortal Kombat in the theaters. Mortal Kombat? I didn't even know Mortal Kombat was a movie. Yeah, well, was a yeah they went from video game to movie, yeah. First bet, uh, Andres uh, Galarraga, the big cat, says, first bet uh, was a 14-game parlay. <laughs> That's about right. It's <laughs> <laughs> great. All right, uh, the jo- the Jodester says, uh, first movie in theater, oh, God. Pee-wee's Big Top oh, Adventure. Great movie. First sports <laughs> bet was the Penguins over the North Stars in 1991. Awesome. <laughs> John Lerner, my man John Lerner, uh, checks in from New Jersey. Sitting with my uh, cousin at the ECAC Holiday Festival long ago. St. John's versus Cincinnati. I like the Bearcat uniforms. It cost me five bucks. <laughs> uh, Chris says, I played a 12-team point spread on Pro Line. I took the Steelers plus three and a half in New York versus the Jets. Blizzard throughout the game. Steelers lost 6 nothing. It was the only one I got wrong. First uh, movie I remember seeing was uh, TMNT. What movie's that? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, okay, Teenage Mutant. Uh, well, I can't believe I got that. Yeah, it's pretty good. I, had, yeah. I figured it out. <laughs> I don't know. Sound like some sort of weird yeah, porno. T M N T. What? Who? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thought the T stood for thrust. Yeah. <laughs> thrust. Ghetto says Goonies. First, yeah, first yeah, movie. Goonies. First, first bet. That's a tough one. Probably betting on Germany to win the Euro, the World Cup in the early two thousands. That's great. Some great answers here. Uh, Straight Cash says I don't remember my first bet, but I my first movie was The Goonies. Goonies seems to be a lot of people's lot of people's first really movie. Yeah, Goonies. Goonies. Goonies was a good movie. Great movie. Which one's Goonies? Goonies. It's where uh, the kids find. Is that with Kevin Bacon? No, no. Goonies is the one with the kids, and they're like adventurous on their bikes, and they find like a big, big, like, warped kind of like, man, like Phantom of the Opera, but he's like locked up in this like area, and then he helps the kids yeah, never like, seen find the movie. gold and stuff. Is that crazy? It's I've, a really good movie. I've never seen the movie. It's Goonies. a kid's movie, but it's a good kid's movie. 
Never like, seen it. Oh, I'm suggesting Goonies is a very, very good film. I think the listeners would attest it's uh, very good. I've like, seen it kid, on TV. I'm aware yeah, of you know, it. Yeah, you know Goonies. There's a lot of those movies that I've seen, but I really haven't seen. Yeah, you kind of it's in the background. Like, that, like Stand By Me, yeah. Kids on the Train Track, oh, whatever. Yeah, 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 Stand By Me. I mean, you know, I think the first movie I saw in a theater was Jaws. Sort of like the memory. It might have been King Kong, actually. King though. Kong. I think, you know, it's sort of the same era, but I think King Kong came out in 76, right before. Sort of that, you know. But I remember when I was like 10 and 11, I used to go to, uh, that's another thing that's different in the old days now that you don't do. Like, it used to be acceptable. Like, I used to walk to school alone when I was like yeah, four or five years yeah, old. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's the thing. I used to walk through the woods I when know. I was like five. I used to take this shortcut through the woods On like the black five. path. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, yeah, I know. as a kid, like, I used to, like, that's when I saw Pele. I remember, like, no one wanted to go to the soccer great game point. with me. A kid could never I went do to that the Olympic now. Stadium alone at like eight years yeah. old. I remember like it happened a few times, calling with the dime. Oh my God, I'm lost. <laughs> <laughs> like I remember I did get lost a few times. As a kid no, you're right. Like, like I used to come home for lunch and then yeah. like, we'd have grilled cheese sandwiches and I'd watch uh, that show, that game show, Definition like, of the Flintstones. I vividly go remember to going to see the movie yeah. Cannonball Run with some kids movie. on my baseball team. And just walking. And both of them started crying and freaking out because we were lost after. Like we took the wrong bus or something. And I remember me, even at the time, I was like a smartass. I told him, just chill out, man. I said, you know, we're not dying here, all right? We're on the wrong bus. <laughs> like, <laughs> like even as a 10-year-old, I was like, listen, we're going to ask the bus driver, and we'll go in the right yeah, direction. Exactly. <laughs> I, I remember they were free. Oh, I knew yeah. we should have come along. We didn't take the 4 yeah, I was took like, the 4. Yeah, I was like, guys, like, we're, yeah, we're on the next, wrong bus. Like, next don't worry. stop, cracked it. I remember, like, even, like, console it. Don't worry, right? You're going to be your mother soon. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> wow. <laughs> You're on the wrong bus, kid. You know, don't you, worry. You said it, man. Like, we used to walk alone yeah. everywhere. Like, I went to see the key at a cannonball run. I would see like uh, I saw that movie Moonraker alone. Moonraker, wow! James Bond, yeah, in the Man, theaters, Moon- yeah, Moonraker. You saw Moonraker too in the theater, yeah, fantastic. You know what I saw in the theater? Popeye. Oh, Popeye, yes. <laughs> Greece, a, oh, Greece in the Greece, theater too. Yeah, Greece. Wow, see, you saw Greece in the drive-in. They don't have drive-ins anymore. Very rare. Like, nor they are. They're up in the boondocks. Yeah. Like, you got to go up. Like, there's yeah. one up north. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, exactly. there's none in the city anymore. The land's too valuable. Yeah. You can't have the cars there. They turn them into condos. Like, hey, what are you going to do with the drive? I love dri- driving. I bet the you best. if you did one right now, it'd be sold out. It's a, you know what? It's a great idea to bring back. It is. I'm actually, it'd be, you know it'd be sold out. You know People what, buddy, would be, they'd be clamoring. People talking, would be like, I want to oh, go to the drive-in. Oh, nostalgia. Yeah. You can have sex in the car. Get some chicks on roller uh, yeah, roller yeah, skates. Yeah. Bringing Here's your, your hamburger and shake, sir. I like it. <laughs> Game time decisions. Red Heat and Rage Radio. Don't forget, you guys can uh, win two tickets to the World Series. This year's World Series to a World Series game. Courtesy of uh, Daily Roto and DKMS.